0: week was fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like totally not sure if we were going to have a church this Sunday when I showed up. I was like, boy, no, I, I think last week was a very important kind of level setting message for us. And if you weren't here, we kicked off this We Are series by asking the question, are we Things like welcoming and friendly and are we real with one another? Those are the, those are the questions that we started to ask last week and we're going to continue to address uh, in the days to come. If you haven't seen that message, I'm going to encourage you to go back and watch it. It's available on Facebook and YouTube. And the reason is because we really address some things that we're going to have to get a handle on, we're going to have to get a hold of in order to move forward and to be the church that God wants us to be. Now, today, you can relax a little, Okay. I'm not going to be as fiery as I was last week. It doesn't do anybody any good for me. Get up here and scream and shout for four weeks in a row, all right? Instead, what I want to do is I want to ask a similar but related question to the one that we asked last week, and that is, are we, as a church, are we, as people, friendly? Last week, we said, are we welcoming? This time, we want to ask, are we friendly? What does a truly friendly church look like? What would a truly friendly church look like? How do we make sure that we're friendly without being fake? You know what I'm talking about? You ever been to one of those churches where the smiles are just too big? You know, I visited a church one time. This is not a lie. I visited a church one time and one of the male greeters that was at the door within eight seconds of meeting me, hugged me and said, I love you, brother. That was too much, too fast. Okay. Like there's a fine line here that we want to make sure that we uh, we don't cross. Like rather than getting a handshake, that boy almost got the right hand of Christian fellowship. You know what I mean? It was just like, hey, coming on a little bit too strong. We certainly don't want to do that as a church. Now, for many of you. Connect is a friendly place. In fact, it's one of the most friendly communities you've ever been a part of. I was so thankful to receive so many messages over the last week from people saying, hey, look, I I appreciate what you're saying. My experience hasn't really been what you shared. Like I found some great friends and the moment I walked on, everybody was really welcoming and it seemed like they were happy to be here. And yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for the family that Connect Church has become. And I'm so glad that the majority of you have experienced that. Like that's exactly what we want. I just want that for everybody. We know there are some people that show up and they don't feel connected or they have a a struggle making friendships, even in a friendly church like this one. Maybe you had incredible friendships back home and then you moved to Calgary and it's been a struggle to replicate the same kind of depth and joy that you had with your people. Perhaps you, uh, you you come you've come for three or four you know, months or whatever here at Connect, and you're like, do people know my name? Like, I don't know, sometimes it feels like I'm here, but does anybody know me? Um, It it might be possible that you're going through a very difficult season in your life. And and what you need is not somebody in the lobby like waving signs and smiles at you. You need somebody that's sitting with you in your living room, weeping with you, and like cracking jokes at your ex-boyfriend's expense. You need a real friendship not just a smile and a high five, hey, glad you're here today. So what we wanna do today is we wanna get intensely practical, okay? I really wanna do my best to equip you with some tools that you can put into practice today that will help you to start to develop friendships. And this is gonna be true here at church, yes. And I hope that you will put these into practice immediately right here at Connect. But hey, look, if you wanna find deeper and better friendships at work, these same principles are gonna apply. If you wanna get to know your neighbors so that it's not like, yeah, we live right next to each other, but we never talk, these are the sorts of things that you will need to put into practice. No matter where you might be, the principles of friendship are the same. And this is really important, not just because friends make life better, which they absolutely do, but it's because the best version of you is surrounded by godly people. It's true. You can't be your best self by yourself. You need healthy spiritual relationships in order to thrive and to flourish. You cannot live life overflowing all by yourself. And so again, my goal is to help you to find some of those friendships that I know you've been wanting in your life. So let's start with reading a verse from the Bible. We're actually going to read uh, a verse from Proverbs, chapter number 18, verse 24. And we're going to go old school today. We're reading it out of the King James Version of the Bible, okay? Look at what it says. A man that hath friends must shew himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Proverbs 18.24. Okay. We might've gone too old school there. Okay. The fancy language is kind of throwing me off. Who am I? Shakespeare. Like, I, like can we just talk in this normal language, please? Can we, can we see this without all the weird endings and things? Yes, we can. So let's actually look at Proverbs 18.24 in the new King James version. All right. Here we go. The verse says this, or at least the first part of it, which is where we're going to focus in the first part of our message. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. A person who wants to have friends has to be friendly. Okay, this verse, it offers what seems like suspiciously basic advice on friendship, okay? It's like, yeah, obviously. But I think this is something we need to be reminded of. You have to be friendly in order to have friends. Okay, well, wait, 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 wait here. Last week, I got up on stage and I confessed our sins as an organization. You know what I'm saying? I said, hey, here's some things that we've gotten wrong. Here is my hope and plan and how we're gonna address those things. As a group, these are some things that we wanna change. Today, we're gonna start talking about you, like us from the individual perspective. And the reality is you have to be friendly in order to have friends. Or if we were to put it a little bit differently, if you don't have friends in your life, or you don't have the types of friendships that you want to have, then you've got to start asking yourself the question, honestly, am I a friendly person? Because it's so easy to say, yep, they're the problem. They're the ones who aren't welcoming. They're the ones who aren't friendly. But I think we have to decide whether or not we are friendly people because friendly people tend to have friends. Okay, so uh, if we ask that question, am I a friendly person? Your first reaction is probably to say, yeah, of course I'm friendly. Absolutely, I'm friendly. What else would I be? I know everybody thinks they're friendly, but everybody knows not everybody is friendly. Do you see the disconnect there? So everybody thinks they are, but before we get defensive, I really wanna consider this. The question I'm asking you is not, am I a nice person? Because you can be nice, but not particularly friendly. The question isn't whether you've had great relationships in the past. The question is, am I friendly today? We're not asking whether or not you want deep and enjoyable friendships, because I believe everybody does. The question that we're posing today is, am I doing the things that a friendly person does? If you wanna know whether you're friendly, you check whether you're doing the things that a friendly person does. Anybody remember the movie Forrest Gump? Okay. Okay. One of, one of the best lines in that whole thing Forrest says, mama always said stupid is as stupid does, right? You know what that means? It means you're not stupid unless you do stupid things. That's how we define whether or not you're dumb, whether you're doing foolish things. Okay. How do we define if we're friendly or not? How do we know? Well, do we do friendly things? Friendly is as friendly does. So, before we talk about those things, okay, again, it's gonna be really practical, I promise you that. But before we talk about the kind of things that a friendly person will do, let me just answer a few objections that are probably already in some minds this morning. First, there might be some of you here today, and you say, well, it's the church's job to be friendly to me. Like, I'm a guest, I'm walking into your house, it's your job to be friendly to me. And you're right, we talked about that last week. But what is the church? The church is not the building, because building can't be friendly. The church is not the organization. The church isn't the leadership. The church is people. So let me ask you, are you people? If you're a person, then you have a role to play in making this a friendly community. You have a, a part, a responsibility in making this the sort of place where anybody and everybody can have friends and make friends. Right. It feels like a lot of people, I'm just, I'm being real here. It feels like a lot of people walk into a church like this, arms folded, and they're like, yeah, try, make me be friends with you. Let's see if you can do it. That's not how it works. Friendship is a two-way street. A person who's friendly has to show themselves Friendly. You've got to let yourself be open to friendships. You've got to be willing to let somebody in and to be your friend. It doesn't matter how friendly a church is if you show up guarded and trying to fly under the radar. You will not be connected in that circumstance. And, oh man, okay, so this will be the spiciest thing I say so you can kind of know this isn't gonna be that terrible of a message, but can I please, can I just beg you, okay? please do not go to a church, including ours, but any church. Don't go to a church, actively avoid all human interaction while you're there, then go home and jump on Google unfriendly church. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have a responsibility here. If we want a friendly community, then we have to be friendly towards the people that show up at our community. If you want friends in your life, then you have to be friendly towards the people that you're around. Another objection that people have, and this one's way more common, uh, somebody will say, Dan, I really hear what you're saying, and I like it, I do, but I'm an introvert, you know? Like, my wife is an extrovert. It's so easy for her to make friendships. She's just a social butterfly and all over the place. But I'm an introvert, and so it's really difficult for me, right? Nah, bruh. Your wife just developed some social skills at some point in her life. Are you with me? Okay, I'm, listen. This is going to be the reason some of you guys came. I think the majority of people in our world don't even understand what an introvert or an extrovert is we misdefine it. And then because of that, we label ourselves in ways that excuse us from basic friendliness with one another. Okay. So typically if we were talking about an extrovert, we would say, well, an extrovert is like a people person, right? They're very gregarious. They're outgoing. They're sociable. They're talkative. It's just easy for them. Friendships come so easy to extroverts. And then we say about introverts, well, they're shy. They're reserved. They're thoughtful. They tend to be more in their head, you know? And it's just hard for introverts to make friends. I know because I am one. Can I tell you, that is actually a false understanding of what it even means to be an introvert or an extrovert. You realize that, okay? So the best way that you can think about being an extrovert versus an introvert is this. An extrovert is somebody who gets charged up or refilled, energized by having time around other people. An introvert is somebody who feels drained after being around other people. There's nothing wrong with either one of those. My wife is an extrovert and I'm an introvert. When I tell people that, they're like, how can you be an introvert? Like you stand on stage in front of hundreds of people every week. Introverts don't do that. They do if you understand what an introvert is. So like for me, um, after we get done on a Sunday, you know what I do? I go home and I take a nap, okay? (laughs) I love hanging out and talking with you. I love catching up on how your week is done. But when we get finished, I'm like, "Woo, I'm wiped. Amber's like, this was awesome. Let's have people over to play games tonight. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You got filled by being around other people. I got drained. That's okay. If you understand that, a couple of things become true. The first is you stop using your introversion as an excuse to not be obedient to what the scripture calls you to. Okay, let me give you an example here. If you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 11, the scripture does not say, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Unless you're an introvert, in which case you're excused, go read a poem or something. <laughs> That's not what the verse says. It says, encourage one another and build one another up. There's no clauses about whether you're a people person or not. There's no extroversion or introversion. There's no people orientation versus task orientation. Listen, as a follower of Jesus, you are called to be in community with other people. You are called to be friendly. You are called to engage other people with the love of Jesus. And so I'm just afraid that way too many of us, and I have been guilty of this myself, We say, well, I'm an introvert, so relationships are hard. Listen, being an extrovert or an introvert has nothing to say about whether or not you have good people skills. Some of the most talkative people I know are introverts. It takes a little longer to get them to open up, but then they just go on and on and on and on. (laughs) And do you know some of the most socially dysfunctional people in our society are extroverts? Do you know why this is? Maybe I can help you to understand. An extrovert has a really easy time talking with a bunch of different people because it fills them up. But they have a really hard time making deep connections with people because they're constantly chasing the new conversation. Okay, this is boring. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna, you know what I mean? It's like you're an Enneagram seven and you're just chasing every new and exciting thing. That's how extroverts often are. And what it means is they have lots of superficial relationships, but few meaningful ones. And on the other side of the spectrum, introverts have very few relationships in general, but they do tend to have deeper ones. Which one's right? Which one's wrong? Neither. Both of them need to be exposed to the work of the Holy Spirit so that we can be mature people in Christ. You with me? So don't, listen, elbow your husband. I mean, elbow him hard right now and tell him, I know you're an introvert. That's not an excuse. Elbow your wife. Don't do that. Don't do that, actually. And tell her, see, I've been telling you. You're awesome around people. It's okay to be drained after meetings or drained after conversation. So, like, after you have those convos, do something that fills you up. Take a nap. Go for a drive. Read a poem. Whatever it takes for you to be filled up. Okay? All right. So, what I'm going to do today, I told you, real practical. I, I just want to give you some handles, man. Um, Last week was a lot of rhetoric. It was a lot of hype, I get it. And so this week, I really wanna be practical with you, okay? Uh, I'm gonna do something that I almost never do in a sermon. Like, I think I've only done this like once or twice in seven years. And the reason is because although this is a common approach to sermon building, I find it so painfully cheesy. Like, I think it's so cringy that I just, I never, ever do it but today I felt like it was probably the right way to approach this message. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you an acronym today, okay? Yeah, I know, I, I'm making myself cringe already, okay? We're gonna talk about the gift of friendship. The gift, that's our acronym, G-I-F-T. I get it, it's not typical. It, like this would have gotten me an A in Bible college, okay? Okay. <laughs> But um, here's the reason that I do this because actually, I, I, this is I don't want to give you good information. I want to give you information that you retain and put into practice. And so I legitimately believe when you walk out, you're gonna be like, "Okay, I don't. What did he say? It was a gift. What's the G? What's the I? What's the F? What's the C?" And you might actually be able to retain some of this if we do it the old school cheesy way. So that's what we're gonna do today. Okay, the gift of friendship. The gift of friendship. So let's start with that G. If you want to make friends, if you want to build relationships with people, this is in the lobby at church. This is on the cul-de-sac on your street. This is in the break room at work. If you want to start to have new friendships, you got to greet one another. You got to greet one another. There has to be an engagement. There has to be a willingness to start a conversation. There has to be a willingness to put yourself out there so that communication can begin to happen. One of my favorite church memes of all time is this one. I'm gonna put it on screen right here. We got that ready. It is, it's from the office, of course. You know it's gonna be good if it's from the office. People say, why don't I have church friends? And the moment we say the closing amen, they're pushing each other and fighting to get in the parking lot. Well, one naturally flows from the other. If you want to have friendships, then you've got to make yourself available for friendships. You've got to put yourself in a spot where you can start to connect with people, where others can greet you and you can greet them. You have to engage with other people if you hope to have any sort of community and friendship with people. And is that awkward? Like, is it weird to walk up to somebody in the lobby that you've never met before and introduce yourself and try and strike up a conversation? Yes! But can I remind you that every best friend starts as a stranger? The people that you love the most, the ones that are back home that you're like, oh, I wish I still lived in the same neighborhood as them. I wish we still went to church together. Every one of those people at one point was a total stranger to you. And it was because you were willing to engage with them or let them engage with you that a friendship began to blossom. And so if you wanna have those kinds of relationships and friendships with one another again, then you are going to have to greet people that you don't know. Hear me now, I'm not saying go greet the people that you do know. This is what's easy to do in the church lobby. I find myself guilty of this. It's like there are people that are easy to talk to. For whatever reason, we have similar interests, we vibe together, whatever. And so it's very easy to fall into the same clumps and have conversations with the same people. But if we wanna be a friendly church, if we wanna be friendly people, then we have to be friendly with everyone, not just our friends. You with me? Yeah. We're not a friendly church if we're friendly with those that we're already friends with. We measure our friendliness by whether or not we're doing the things that friendly people do do. So there has to be a greeting time. There has to be a willingness to engage and have conversation with people. So can I give you a few tips to greet people a little better or a little more easily? Okay. Here's the first one. Show up a few minutes early and stay a few minutes late after the service. Don't be Michael Scott throwing elbows, trying to get out the door as quick as possible. Do you know, this is why we keep the doors shut to the auditorium until 10 minutes before the service starts. You think, oh man, they're running so far behind in there. They got the door shut. Oh, I better pray that the sound system is working. And listen, thank you for doing that. I mean that sincerely, but guess what? It's way more intentional than you realize. We, no matter what, we could be done at 9.05. We will keep those doors shut. Why? Because it forces you to stay out in the lobby where you're rubbing shoulders with one another. Now, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to interact or have conversations, but it's a whole lot easier to do it out there than when you're sitting in here in a dark seat, right? So we do that intentionally. Boy, it would be a shame if I forced you to stand out in the lobby and then you didn't interact with anybody, if you didn't greet anybody or let anyone greet you. In order for conversations to happen, you have to be here within enough time for conversations to happen. So look, I'm just gonna be, again, I I wanna be gracious, I'm trying to help, okay? If you show up every Sunday, five minutes after the service starts, and then as soon as they say amen, you grab your kids, you jump in the car, and you jet off for the rest of your Sunday, then just frankly, it is not our fault that you haven't made friends yet. Because there are people milling about here for 30 minutes after the service. You don't need to stay that long. But if you said I'm going to commit to five or ten, back at the Cineplex, you know we used to do this intentionally. So like um, when we met at the movie theater, some of you were there. You know what it was like. We had to set up every, everything that you see here. We had to set up and tear down every single Sunday. It was wild. We had such a tight time frame, and we used to force our volunteers. We're like nobody tears anything down for the first five minutes after the service. We called it the first five. First five, your job is to be out in the lobby, have some conversations with people. First five. But then we got here and just frankly, as the pastor, I was like, well, now that we've got all this extra free time, everybody's gonna hang out in the lobby and they're gonna continue to chat and have an awesome time with one another. And to a certain degree that happens and to a certain degree it doesn't. So maybe we need to reinstitute the first five. Or maybe we make it the first 10 because now we have enough time for that. You understand what I'm saying? Like a 10 minute investment before or after the service could pay lifelong dividends in friendship. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like if I committed to coming 10 minutes earlier, staying 10 minutes after, I could meet somebody that is going to be my new BFF. The family I'm gonna go on trips with. The people that we, we joke on social media with. I'm gonna meet them because I'm willing to be present. Yeah. Now again, I, like I'm preaching to me, okay? I am an introvert. I get drained around people. And so there is this, uh, inclination in me after I've had one or two conversations. I'm like, ooh, I'm wiped. I need to go chill for a bit, okay? And so it's real easy for me to say like, oh, I can go up to my office and I can shut the door and I could just be quiet for a little while. So you know what I had to do? This is true. I had to put parameters on myself as your pastor. And I had to say, I am gonna commit to being in the lobby 10 minutes before the service starts and I'm gonna be there 10 minutes after, you know what that means? That means in a 30, the 30 minutes that we have in between service one and service two, I'm there for 10 minutes, and then I get 10 minutes to myself. I go to the washroom, I get to breathe, I can close my eyes, I'm setting my fantasy football scores, whatever it is that I need to do, <laughs> 10 minutes. And then I come back downstairs for 10 minutes, right? Do, is that easy for me? No. Do I wish I could just go be by myself for a while? Yes, but guess what? I know that I can't become friends with people that I'm not near. Same thing is true for you. You got to do it. If it doesn't come naturally, that's okay. Make yourself work at it. And if you're one of those extroverts and you're like, dude, I could stand out there for 30 minutes. Awesome. Make sure that those conversations are not superficial. Make sure they're not fake. Make sure you're really getting to know people and that they feel like, wow, that was a good interaction for me, not just for them. You ever been in those conversations where it's like, wow, they clearly enjoyed talking to me. I didn't say a word, but you know, they were talking at me the whole time. We want to be wise in all of that. So maybe, uh, maybe you show up a few minutes early and you stay a few minutes late. Here's another thing you can do. Strike up a convo with somebody new every time you're here. Every time you're here, just try to introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know. I know that was a, woo, okay. You know, being present is one thing. Now you're asking me to do something. I know, I know, I know. But you, you, you've got to understand this, okay? People expect to be talked to when they come to church. You know what I'm saying? Like you came to a church, you know that people are going to talk to you. And if nobody talks to you, then you start to wonder, is there a problem with me? Is what, why is it that, no, is this a party that I wasn't invited to? Remember last week, everybody's invited to the party. And so we've got to engage people. You've got to begin conversations with people that you don't know. Now, look, there are some of you that are so good at this. And if that's who I'm talking to, or that, if that describes you, then I'm not talking to you, okay? I'm talking to the people like me that struggle. We've got to break out of our box. We've got to get uncomfortable and spend some time engaging people. Most people want to talk. Most people want to talk especially in a church lobby. They just don't want to be the one to initiate it. They don't know how, or they're afraid you won't reciprocate or whatever. So friendly people decide they're going to be the ones to break the ice. I'll make the first move. I'll I'll, I'll take the risk here. I'll be the one that engages somebody. There has to be this willingness to greet one another so that we can begin to build relationships. So out in the lobby, you know, uh, go up to somebody and introduce yourself. Like, hey, I'm Dan. What's your name? Haven't seen you before. I wanted to introduce myself, right? Have a, have a conversation. Ask them, how long have you been coming to connect? You know, we train our greeters. We train our staff and everything. We never ask the question, is this your first time? Because you know what'll happen? Inevitably, they're like, I've been here for four months, man. Oh. And you're like, oh, sorry, I haven't seen you before. I'm Dan. I'm the pastor. You might've seen me on stage. So we don't do that. <laughs> we say, how long have you been coming? And they will say, oh, I've been here for about four months. And it's like, oh, yeah, I think I have seen you around before. Or it's like, wait, this is your first time? Today's your first day with us? That's amazing. Okay, great. Well, do you know where the coffee is? Do you get your kids checked in? Okay. It's just like you start to build conversation, and it comes with a very simple, non-confrontational question. Look for common ground with people in the lobby. Like, look for common ground, you know? What is it that you can find out about them that you might also be interested in so that you guys start talking about things that are both enjoyable? It might be work, could be kids, hockey, movies, hockey, whatever, okay? (laughs) We're Canadian, I know what works. And look, if the conversation isn't going anywhere, because guess what, it doesn't always. (laughs) If the conversation isn't going anywhere, then after 30 seconds, 90 seconds, whatever, you know what? It's okay to say, anyway, I just wanted to introduce myself and let you know that I'm glad you're here. And then go find somebody else to talk to. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I do that every Sunday, okay? Because like people are like, oh, it's the pastor. They get all buttoned up and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, it's okay. You don't have to become best friends with everybody, service one. You just got to greet them. You know what the Bible says, actually? I don't even have this on screen. The Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. That's actually what the scripture says, because in ancient cultures, you didn't shake hands, you didn't high five, you gave somebody a kiss on the cheek. We're not doing that. We're not that kind of church, okay? So at a minimum, smile and say hi. Introduce them, greet people, and start to see relationships blossom. So it's a gift. Friendship is a gift, G-I-F-T. The G is greet. The I is invite, invite. You know, at some point, conversation has to move to invitation conversation has to move to invitation. Now this invite, you know, you're thinking, well, what am I going to invite them to? Like they're already at church. Okay. Invitation is much bigger than that. How about you invite them? Yeah. The person you just met in the lobby. How about you invite them to sit next to you in the service? Do you know like how, what a, what a kind, And like, wow, kind of moment that is when somebody's like, I don't know if you're planning on sitting with anybody, but why don't you come sit with me and my wife or me and my buddy? We've got extra seats. We'd love for you to sit next to us. Even if they say no, they'll leave saying, man, like somebody invited us to sit with them in the service. And you know what? It's so easy because it's literally just like, you're going to be here anyway. So why not just invite somebody to be here with you? Um, Invite them to go to lunch after the service. Like you're going to eat. And so why not say, hey, we're going to head down to the food court here at, at Deerfoot City. You want to meet us down there? We're going to have some food, and yeah, we'd love to hang out and, and talk more with you. Invite them to go to coffee later in the week. Maybe if you discover they have a shared love of golf, you invite them to go play around. You know? It's like, hey, let's go play some golf together. And I don't just mean, and this is what often happens, it's that very vague and general, yeah, we should totally do that sometime. Let's set that up. No, <laughs> I mean, pull out your phone, look at your calendar, and see if you can get something scheduled. There is this invitation culture in which we are, we are engaging with people and inviting them to go into deeper community with us. Invite them to join you at your connect group. Friendships require somebody to break the ice, yeah. and they require somebody to invite them to take the next step. Also, by the way, the I is actually really key. The invite is key to breaking up clicks right? If there are cliques in our church, um, the, the key to getting those dealt with is to invite people. So like if you're in the lobby and you and your buddies, the comfortable people that you always talk to every Sunday, if there are two, three of you and you're standing around having a conversation and you see somebody that's like off by themselves awkwardly, invite them in. Like, hey, I don't know if we met. Come over here for a sec. I want to introduce you to some of my friends, right? That invite, that introduce culture, that widens the circle, that widen, that, this, is, this is what we need to do. We need to widen the circle a little bit for other people. When we widen the circle, then they feel like they've made new friends. It involves introducing people to others that you know. Like saying, hey, I, wanna, I want you to meet so-and-so. Like, do you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Like, maybe you go out to dinner. Like, dinner is really hard when there's like one couple and one couple or one person and one person because then the two of you have to like carry all the conversational weight But if you can go out with like two or three or four couples, if you can get five or six people around a table, then suddenly there's constant conversation. People that are a little more talkative can talk and those that are not so talkative, they can lay back. So the invitation is actually a lot more comfortable when it's not just me inviting you, but it's us inviting you, right? So invite, invite, invite. The F stands for follow-up, 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 follow-up. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret today. Church friend, doesn't mean Sunday friend. A lot of us think, oh, my church friends are my Sunday friends. And then I've got my Friday night friends, you know, and I've got my during the day at work friend. No, church friend just means friends that you also go to church with. And so it's like the friendships that we've got to develop, they can't just take place 10 minutes before the service and 10 minutes after the service on Sunday, they've got to take place all seven days of the week. There's got to be follow-up. There's got to be engagement with people outside of the service. You've got to, you've got to be willing to ask somebody for their phone number. Like in the lobby, you're like, hey, let's connect. I, w- I want to say somebody. I saw somebody do this yesterday at the marriage conference. I was so proud. I don't even remember who it was in the moment, but they were just like, I think it might've been you even. It was you. Um, literally, <laughs> sorry, I just, she got real embarrassed. But literally I saw her. She was like, you know what? Like, I don't think I've got your number. Can I get it? And we can connect. It was like so powerful. And the other person, guess what? She wasn't like, ew, no. <laughs> She's like, oh, that'd be great. And they exchanged information. Yeah. Give each other a follow on social media. You active on Instagram, what's your handle? Type it in. Let me, let me follow you right now. I'm glad to give you a follow, right? How can we continue to engage with people throughout the rest of the week? Send each other memes. You know what I mean? Like that's a whole, language. That's, that's a love language. <laughs> that's a guaranteed friendship builder. Send each other memes, right? Um, Hey, as your friendship grows and based on your own level of comfort and spiritual maturity and the point in your relationship, send each other scripture, send each other encouragement. Like we're going to talk in the coming weeks about how like, we don't want to just be a friendly church. We want to be a church that does biblical fellowship really good. And fellowship is not the same as friendship. We'll get there. So we gotta follow up, okay? Now listen, you gotta be wise about this. Fellas, I am not giving you permission to slide into her DMs, okay? We're hoping to create more friends, not more restraining orders. So, like, you can't, you, you can't just go up to some random hottie and be like, girl, he said, I'm gonna get your number today. That's it, not what I'm saying, okay? But I am saying that you cannot build meaningful friendships if your interactions are only a few minutes before or after the service. Okay, Uh, this is also a great point for me to highlight our connect groups. Connect groups are the place that you are most likely to build friendships, even more so than the auditorium. Come here on a Wednesday night and hang out. Go to somebody's home on a Friday night and hang out. And you know what? You will start to develop those relationships so that when you see each other on Sundays, it's like not awkward because they're not strangers anymore. You guys have done stuff around the city together. Everybody needs to be in a connect group. And here's the great thing, connect groups just started. A brand new semester just kicked off. So like if you join a group right now, everybody in that group is new. And so you're gonna be right at home if you do. Okay, gift. uh, greet, invite, follow up. And then the T is simple. It's just time. It's just time, okay? Uh, Here's the painful truth. Friendships take way more time than we expect. They take a lot of time to develop. We think friendships should be quick and effortless and every great once in a while, listen, that's what's gonna happen. It's just gonna be like you meet somebody and you immediately start vibing with them and you just know you've discovered somebody that you wanna spend a lot of time around. But more often than not, you gotta put in some time. You gotta put in some work. You've gotta pursue, you've gotta be willing to be pursued by friends. You have to be around one another in a lot of different circumstances over a long period of time. I do receive messages from people And they say, Dan, I've been coming to connect for a while now, and I still haven't made any friendships. I'm like, wow, I hate to hear that. How long have you been coming? They're like, three weeks, man, three weeks. And I still, like, I had such good relationships in my last church, but I haven't found them here yet. I'm like, how long were you at your last church? 30 years. It was like, well, of course. Friendships take time. So the gift of friendship is involvement and engagement. It's being willing to greet. It's being willing to invite. It's being willing to follow up. It's being willing to give it time and trust that God can bring you new friends, healthy relationships that will make your life even better. Now, we got to circle all the way back in closing though to Proverbs eighteen twenty four again. Remember that verse that said, if a person wants to have friends, they have to show themselves friendly uh, because I only really read you half that verse, didn't I? That last half of the verse says there is, so a friendly person needs to, a a person who wants friends has to be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So this is a reference, we believe, to Jesus. That there is someone, you realize no matter how close you get to somebody, eventually they're gonna let you down. Your best friend has hurt you at some point. Your spouse has hurt you at some point. No matter how close, no matter how enjoyable a relationship is with somebody, they are going to hurt you at some point. Why? Because we're all human. We're all sinful and flawed people to one degree or another. Thankfully, we have the promise from the scripture that there is somebody who wants to be our friend somebody who can be there for us when everybody else lets us down somebody who will never leave us who will never forsake us and you think oh well is it weird to call Jesus my friend I don't know Jesus was having a conversation one time with his disciples and he says I no longer call you my followers he says I now call you my friends Jesus wants to be the perfect friend to every single one of You need human relationships, you need church friends, you need work friends, you need hockey friends, you need all of that. But can I tell you, all of those will fail at some point. The only one that will never fail you is the one that is based on the grace of God in your life. And so I just wanna tell you, if you wanna begin that kind of relationship, a relationship with God that's not defined by like, and towing the line and getting it all right all the time. Instead, it's it's defined by relationship and friendship. All you have to do is pray and ask Jesus into your heart and he will become your eternal friend. And here's the great news. He won't only be your eternal friend, he'll also be your eternal savior. He'll be your eternal Lord. It'll be the richest and best relationship that you've ever had in your entire life. In a moment, our MC is going to tell you exactly how to do that. It's just a simple prayer. And then we want to know if you make a decision to bring Jesus into your life, to accept his free gift, then uh, we want you to tell us about it. But in the meantime, I just want to pray. I want to bless you in Christ's name. And I want to trust that, uh, that, yeah, you will have the kind of friendships in this church that that you really do um, cherish. Uh, Father, please make us friendly people. Thank you, God, for those who are doing these sorts of things that we've talked about today consistently. I'm so thankful for them. And I pray, God, that those of us that it's just harder and maybe we don't do it as often as we ought, that, Lord, you would speak directly to our hearts about this. And, God, give us courage, give us the willingness to say yes and to put ourselves out there. Lord, we all need good, healthy, and right friendships in our life. And I'm, I'm just praying, God, that the best friendships, the deepest relationships we have in our lives will be the ones that we make right here at Connect Church. So we ask for your blessing, God, and we offer our obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.